Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen and amen. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to to Living Water Community Church. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. This week, this is our Palm Sunday week. This week kicks off the what we call the Passion of the Christ, his final journey to the cross. And whereupon entering Jerusalem, he was greeted by cries of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, only to be followed by a couple of days later with cries of crucify him, crucify him. But it wasn't without a purpose. And we saw on the video that the Hebrew word for Hosanna means to what? To, to save us. And that is ultimately what Jesus did, resulting in the greatest gift and blessing the world will ever know. And so the title of this series that we've been in, we are called, we've been called Too Blessed to Be Stressed. Too Blessed to Be Stressed. And we've been asking the question, uh, I've asked the question, uh, one of the questions I'm asking is, what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? Because when you ask different people different things, you get different answers. I mean, you get different answers. One guy said, concerning what we've all been going through, the coronavirus, he said, the coronavirus is a blessing. I said, what? He said, well, the reason is my my wife doesn't want to travel anywhere. She no longer buys anything online since everything comes from China. She doesn't go to the mall to avoid the crowds. And she spends all her time in a mask with her mouth closed. Best thing that's ever happened to my life, he says. <laughs> don't, don't blame the messengers. I didn't say it. And now the guy said, as, as far as I'm concerned, Thanksgiving is a time to count your blessings, one by one, as each relative goes home. That's funny. <laughs> Truth be told, there's, there's more to God's blessings than, than silencing a chatty partner or the annoying people in your family going home. Not, not discount, discounting that, because that could be a blessing all by itself. And if you're having trouble figuring out who the annoying people in your family are, <laughs> it's probably you. I'm just saying. We learned last week that the, that the key to dealing with stresses in our lives and walking in God's blessings is to consistently live in Christ. Someone say live in Christ. Christ. Not visit. Okay, not every now and then we'll have a tea party and we'll hang out for a while, but then I've got to go back to doing my own thing. It's to live there. It's to dwell there. And Hebrews 12 kind of reiterates that. It says, let us do what? Help me out, somebody. Let us fix our eyes on who? On Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He said, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What is he saying there? He's saying that Jesus ultimately is is our example of someone who endured incredible stress in his life. And in the midst of enduring incredible stress, he still managed to find joy. He said, for the joy set before him. Now, how? Not by focusing on the trial or the stressful situation, but by focusing on the joy and the blessing that would come of it. 
Uh, that would be a result of, have, of, of, of him fulfilling his mission. Now, I firmly believe that when it says to fix your eyes on him, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, I believe that that joy he was referring to when Jesus was heading to the cross 2,000 years ago during this week, this Passion Week, the joy, while he was enduring the, the scorns and the whips and all this other stuff that was going to happen to him, I think he fixed his eyes on the fact that what he was going to do was going to buy redemption for, for all of mankind, for you and you and you and you and you and for me also. Amen? And when he thought about that, it brought him joy. It brought him joy. Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. He said it in John chapter 10, verse 11. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Then he contrasts the difference between a good shepherd and someone else. He said, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and it scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Verse 14, he reiterates, he says, but I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Then he says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. Next time you hear someone say, this group of people killed Jesus or that group of people killed Jesus, understand what the scripture says. No one takes my life from me, Jesus said, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And so Jesus, he, he, he considers himself the good shepherd and, and then he says, uh, the, the mark of a good shepherd is the willingness to lay down his life for the sheep. He says, but he has other sheep, sheep that are not of, of this pasture. Now, who is he talking to? He was talking to the Jews at the time, but he was referring to the other sheep. Who are the other sheep? Turn to someone to your left and to your right. Say, it's you. It's me. It's us. It's the Gentiles. He says, he says they will hear my voice and follow me as well. And so that together, Jews and Gentiles alike, under one blessed flock and under one shepherd, will continue to follow him. That's the title of the subtitle of this morning's message is The Good Shepherd. And the context is that under the good shepherd, how many know the good shepherd knows how to take care of his sheep? He knows how to take care of his flock. He knows how to bring his, his sheep into blessings and to, and to, and to keep them uh, in areas where they can focus and, and, and be made strong no matter what's going on around them, no matter what the stresses are happening in your life. And so I've come up with five things and, and uh, five areas that, the, that David, the, um, King David pointed out in Psalms 23 that the good shepherd would do for his sheep. All right, I want you to write this down. If you don't have an outline, raise your hand. Let's get one to you. If you're listening online, you can follow digitally as as uh, it was told on the video. Blessing number one is the blessing of provision. Provision. 
Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Help me out, someone. I lack nothing. I shall not want, one translation says. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And so what is David saying? David is saying under the care of the, of the good shepherd, he doesn't want for anything. He doesn't want for anything. Now think about that. Everything that he needed, he says, as long as I'm following the good shepherd, will be provided for me. That's not just physical needs. How many know that, that, that it speaks of emotional needs and mental needs as well? We see that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus was speaking. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not do what? Do not what? Do not worry about what? Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. How many know that worry could, could have your lunch? Worry could absolutely have your lunch. I had a, I had a, a dear sister send me an email, I mean a text, and, and her worry was concerning what this, this is what, tax season, right? Her worry says, good, good, good morning, Pastor Rick. Just want to give a quick praise report. I have been not, I've not been sleeping well, I guess, probably for the last three weeks, wondering what was going to take place once I get my taxes, and finally got a calm and a peace about whatever God, whatever, uh, uh, whatever God, what does it say I'm good with? Whatever God wants, I'm good with. And God just worked everything to my good, for God is just so faithful. And if he didn't work it to my good, he's still awesome and good and a good God. He really does take care of his servants. Amen? He's still awesome and he's good. He takes care of his handmaiden. She says, I appreciate and love so. I'm so grateful to Jesus. God bless you, Pastor, and love, love you and Sister Deborah, the whole family, and a blessed day. Uh, and I'm on my way to, to treatment. Now listen, it doesn't matter what your worry is, the good shepherd has the ability to take care of it, amen? amen. And, so, and so that was my reasons for, for, for reading that. Jesus goes on to say, he says, look at verse 26, look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they now, that's a, that's a statement and a half. That's, this is for all the Peter people and all the tree huggers out there and all the people who, the enviro, I call them environmental wackos, who, who, who put human beings on the same level of, as animals and fish and all these other things. Jesus didn't think so. God thinks you're more valuable than animals. Amen? It goes on to say that can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No. And that's where he says in, in, in Matthew 6, this is what I want you to do instead of worrying. I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he says, in all these things, someone say all these things. He says, all these things will be added unto you. And so, so we're not just talking about physical needs. He's talking about mental. He's talking about emotional needs. The good shepherd has a way to, 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 to help us deal with all the things so that we don't have to be keep staying up all night stressing over things. Amen? Now, how many know, and I'm going to say this, how many know that God knows where all the green pastures and quiet waters are? 
He knows where all of, the, all of them are. The, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in past, uh, 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 to, to the green pastures and the quiet waters. He knows where all of them are in our lives. And some of us desperately need to discover that spiritual provision and rest, and that it can only be found in Jesus. Amen? Again, just a reminder of what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Pray about what? Does everything mean everything? Does it include uh, losing your car keys? How about the glasses? I get caught with that sometimes. My wife says, it's on your head, Rick. (laughs) And you know what I say? Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Everything means everything. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Has God done anything for you? Come on, somebody. Anyone not ashamed to say God's worked it out in in your life? Thank him for that. And then he says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. How many know we're going to need that more and more as we see the day of the Lord approaching? Because there's just a lot of foolishness out there today. We're going to need the peace of God. A lot of people... They want God to remove the stressful situation out of your life. I'm telling you that God is more inclined to give you peace in the midst of that storm than to remove that thing, okay? He can, he can remove it, and, and to God be the glory if he removes it, but he has the ability to give you a peace through whatever you're going through. Amen? Not only does he offer provision, but he offers us a blessing of a right path a right path to take in this life. Psalms 23 says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. How many know if there are right paths, that there are also wrong paths? How many know that? Now, how important is it to take a right path? I, I, I promise you it can make you or break you. It's the difference between life and death in, in many cases. Many years ago, before I went into the ministry, I was a psychiatric nurse. And I was doing an admission. Most of the people who are coming into the rehab, they're down and outers along those lines. But every now and then, I'd get one one person come through. This guy was a CEO of a major organization. He started messing with cocaine, and then he went to crack, and it was an instant addiction. He He had a big family. He was making well over six figures. He was, he, he was well-respected in his community. But because he took a wrong path, all of that went away. He lost it all, his family, his job, and all those things. There is a right path, and there's a wrong path to take. And my Bible says that our good shepherd wants to lead us into the right path. Someone say right path. Matthew 7, 13 says, enter through the narrow gate. The gate is wide and the road is wide that leads to where? Where? So wide is the gate that leads to hell. And many people enter through that gate. In other words, he's saying many people are going to hell. That's what he's saying. He said, but the gate is small and the road is narrow that leads to true life. And only a few people find that road. As I was thinking about that, I thought about this week, and I thought about the people that surrounded Jesus, and, and people like Judas, 
He's an, he's an eternal example of one who took the wrong path. We are at the, we're about to, we're going to take communion at the end of the service, so don't leave, don't, don't turn off your, your TV. But the first uh, communion, if you will, we call it the Last Supper that Jesus had, these are the events that took place and some of the things that Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 20, he said, When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after another, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. And Jesus replied, It's the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man, listen, the Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Let that sink in just for a moment. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. And Jesus answered, You have said so. And so when, when Jesus said of Judas that it would be better for him not to have been born, what was he talking about? What, what's the only thing that would be better than not being born? Come on, somebody. Going, going to hell, that, that has to be the consequence of what Jesus was referring to. See, it would, if you weren't born, then you, you, know, you, you didn't experience nothing. But he's saying specifically about Jesus, because of what he was doing, he says, it would have been better for you have not to have been born. Think about that just for a moment. And, 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 and did Jesus, how did Jesus get there after three years? of walking with him. Well, Jesus, I mean, Judas never fully committed to, to Christ. He was looking for someone who would overthrow the Roman rule. And so he figured he'd position himself up against the next ruler of the Jews. And so after three years, notwithstanding what Jesus was telling them, Jesus kept telling them, my kingdom is not of this world, okay? He finally realized that's not going to happen. And so he made a decision to take the wrong path and he betrays Jesus, and Jesus made it clear, the one who does that to me, it would have been better for him not to have been born. And folks, that's a statement, because there are some people who are teaching hell is not real, or you just cease to exist. Well, not according to what Jesus said, okay? There is at least one person we know of, and the scripture says, wide is the path that leads to hell, and many are those who are on it. Now, God offers a blessing for those who would choose the right path in this life and the life to come. But again, that's only found in putting your faith in Jesus Christ, which brings me to the third blessing that God offers. He offers that of protection, protection. Now, we already heard how he's, not going to run from the wolves, right? And we, the Bible says we have an enemy out there that, that's trying to mess us up. Scripture says that um, Jesus said that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. And so in, that, in the Scripture, it goes on to say in Psalms 23, 4 through 6, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so he says, we can draw comfort from, from this 
picture because the picture that he paints comes right out of the countryside of Israel, which is a hilly countryside with its peaks and valleys. Take a look at this. Can you see it up there? And those things on the floor, remember when we were over there, there are rocks everywhere. But you drive through, there's peaks and there's valleys, and they still, you still see shepherds tending sheep up there. But there, there are times when, you have to, when, you, when they have to come off the hillsides and they end up taking the sheep through, through these valleys where the predators would lay in wait on high ground waiting to pounce. But if you were a sheep with a good shepherd, they'd have, they, they didn't have to fear. Why? Because in, in order for them to get to the sheep, they would have to go through the shepherd first. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to someone. And in order for, for the enemy to get to us, they got to go through him as well. Amen? He, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, oftentimes, when I'm at my house, I'll go walking around the, the block. And, and when I'm here, too, sometimes I'll, I say, okay, it's lunch break. And I'll take, a, take, I'll take out my little staff, my big staff, a good friend of mine, John Melody, before he passed, gave, gave this to me. God bless him. And I'll take this for a walk down the street or, or around the neighborhood. And every now and then, someone would, well, I remember one guy stopped. He said, that's a nice staff. What do you, what do you have it for? I, I said, well, mainly it's for, for dogs. But if I run into any other problems, <laughs> it will work just as fine. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and so... And so, and so your shepherd, you need to know this in terms of us walking through this life. Your shepherd has a big stick, amen? He has a big rod. And the Apostle Paul found, found that out the hard way, okay? The Apostle Paul, when he was going through this life, he thought he was doing God a favor when he was persecuting the church. And, and the Bible says at some point, God knocked him down and, and, and blinded his eyes, and he said, Paul, Paul, why are you attacking me? You'll find this in the book of Acts. Why are you attacking me? And Paul said, well, who are you that I'm attacking? At the time, he was persecuting the church. And he heard this voice. He said, why are you attacking me? And it's hard for you to kick against the goal. He says, who are you? And Jesus says, he says, I am Jesus that that you're attacking. Now, Jesus had already been uh, crucified, uh, raised from the dead and ascended by this point. But because Paul was attacking the church, his sheep, he says, you're attacking me. Come on, somebody. None of us are going through this life by ourselves. Amen? Understand that God, whatever happens to you, has to go through your shepherd first. Amen? And God will take it personally. And so we need not fear as we are going through these things in, in, in our lives. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, What then shall I say, shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, what does it say? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us what? Are you understanding what he's saying? He's saying that God, the Father, you are so special to the Father. You are so special to the Father that if he did not even spare his own son, he gave up his own son so that you and I could have a relationship with him. Amen? Amen. So that we can uh, make it with him, uh, uh, be with him in heaven and have that kind of relationship. How, how, it goes on and says, how will he not also, along with him, Jesus, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. 
Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also doing what? Help me out, somebody. What is Jesus doing? Interceding for who? Say, say he's interceding for me. He's interceding for you. Jesus is still on his throne, and he's interceding for us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is where? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? So nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Folks, we are too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed to stay stressed. Let's put it that way. (laughs) All right? Because we have in Jesus a provider, someone who is willing to, to show us the right path to take. He will protect us. And let me give you number four. That's the blessing of prosperity. The blessing of prosperity. In other words, God is not just wanting us to survive. He wants us to thrive. Amen? He says, you prepared a table before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Say this with me. Where God is blessed. No one can curse. Amen? Say it again. What God is blessed, no one can curse. What God has for you will come to you as long as you stay close to the shepherd. Now, we saw this example with foolish Balaam in the, in the Bibles. He was a, uh, a wayward prophet of God, and he was being solicited by the enemies of God to, to curse the children of Israel. And so they were paying him to bring about a curse on the children of Israel. Yet every time he opened his mouth, only a blessing would come out. And the, and the enemies were getting mad. Well, I'm paying you. He said, well, I can't, I can't curse what God has blessed. And that's a principle. But, but there is a caveat to that. He said, but I can tell you how they can curse themselves. And then he told them, you get them to compromise or to get off of the standard of God's word. And in so doing, they will end up cursing themselves. Turn to someone and say, don't curse yourself. Don't curse yourself. Because God wants to bless us. Amen? And he wants us to walk in those blessings. And so, but through disobedience and compromise we can end up cursing ourselves. So we got to stay on God's word and stay with the good shepherd. Amen? Then let me give you the the last one, the last blessing. And it's a blessing of a place, a place with him. Psalms 23, 6 says, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Where? For how long? Forever. Forever. Now, concerning his house, this is what Hebrews 4.16 says. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne room of our gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Anybody needs mercy and grace? Yeah. The Bible says that we can come boldly into his throne room. 
And he says, we're not going to find, when we get there, we're not going to find someone who's going to beat us over the head and say, you big dummy, you screwed up. He says, when we come to him, we will find mercy and good. That's a blessing. Amen? Uh, even if you mess up yourself, he says, I'm not going to beat you up over this. Come boldly into his throne room of grace, and there you will find mercy and grace in your time of need. Now, on the eve of Jesus' crucifixion and his own death, he turned to his disciples, and he said this in John 14, 1. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this, if this were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 5, Thomas spoke up. He says, no, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And this is to everybody who has ears to hear. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Folks, what's troubling your heart today? What's causing you to be un at unrest in your life? Is it family issues? Is it financial issues along those lines? But the scripture says, let not your heart be troubled. Amen? Let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God, he says, trust also in me. Because in Jesus, we have everything we need. Again, not just to survive, but to thrive. Why? Because he is the good shepherd who lays down his life. He gives us the provisions that we need, our daily bread, as well as not having to mentally, you know, strain and, and stress over things. That, inc that includes that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He gives us that right path to take, to choose on a day-to-day -day basis. And don't discount that check in your spirit when you're doing something and the spirit says, don't do that or don't go that way. Because God might be having you to avoid a whole lot of problems because of that. I remember years ago when we were invited to go to Bimini and we went on a trip, on a boat trip. And Bimini is about 50 miles off the coast. And I went with a friend of mine and we had a great time over there. So I figured I was going to bring my, my wife and I went with my daughter the first time. I said, I'm going to bring the whole family this time. And we set up to go and the night before we were supposed to go, I literally heard a, a, a voice that woke me up. It, is, it literally said, it said, a day of sorrows. And then I heard it again. I was sleeping, a day of sorrows. And then the voice got louder, a day of sorrows, a day of sorrows. And I, I woke up. I, I turned to my wife. I said, did you hear that? Hear what? I said, I heard a voice that said, a day of sorrows. 
She said, no, I didn't hear anything. She turned over and rolled back over. I said, no, 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 babes. I heard a voice that said, day of sorrows. And we're supposed to go to, to Bimini today on that boat trip that we planned. And I, I said, so do you still want to go? She said, nope. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe that's something I ate. She said, nope, not going, not going, not going. I said, okay. So then I have to call a guy. This it got later in the day. I called him up and I said, yeah, we're not going. He said, why? We checked the weather report and everything is great. It's smooth sailing. We've already been. I, I didn't want to tell him I'm hearing voices. <laughs> I just said, no, I just don't have a good feeling. He said, but, you know, I've already gassed up and I had promised to pay half the gas and all this stuff. I said, listen, I'll pay you for half the gas. But I'm not going and I don't think you should go either. That's how strongly no, we had a good time. We went the first time, and we had a good time, and it's, it's going to be the same. I said, I don't think so. So we decided not to go, and he decided to go with his girlfriend at the time. And it was supposed to be a day trip. We did not hear from him for three days. The very next day, the, the, the day that we were supposed to go, overnight, a, trop a tropical depression formed in that area. Those seas that were, the first time we went was like glass. Now it's eight foot <laughs> waves out there. Three days later, he called me back. He called me up. He said, Pastor Rick, how did you know? Because <laughs> he'd been going for years. He said, how did you know? He said, we couldn't get back. The, the, the thing was, it was madness out there. And then when we finally got here, he said, we got pulled over by the Coast Guard and detained for another eight hours because they thought we were drug runners and they drilled holes in our boat. That would have been a day of sorrows, don't you think? Yeah. Don't discount the voice of the Spirit trying to lead you in past of righteousness or the right path to take because he knows where all the green pastures are and all the still waters. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows how to protect us. He knows how to prosper us. And ultimately, he gives us a place to call home. But it all starts by putting our trust in the good shepherd who lays, who lays down his life for the sheep and has the ability to take it up again. Do we serve a risen Savior? Amen. What are we celebrating next week? The God we serve is alive and well, active and still speaks. He says, my sheep know my voice and they listen. Now, if you're a sheep that God is speaking to, and God will speak to you about your marriage, about your finances, about your career. He says, my sheep know my voice and they listen to me. Are you listening to his voice when it comes to the most important areas in your life? Are you listening? He's still speaking today by way of his spirit.
He's speaking today by way of his word. And why do we want to know what his word says? Because he's not the only one that speaks. The devil speaks. Our own desires speak. But if those voices that you're hearing are contradicting what the word of God says, which he will never do, he's not going to say one thing in the Bible and then say something totally different than what he's written. All right? That's why you want to know what the Word of God is saying so that you can properly discern what he's telling you. If you've not yet accepted the Good Shepherd as your Savior and your Lord, it will be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment to him. Can we do that right now? Let's pray. If that's you, say something like this from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross. Fill me with your spirit, with your power, with your loves. Right now I commit and I recommit my life completely to you. You are the good shepherd and I am your sheep. And I choose to walk in the blessings that you have for me. Because you've created an environment where I'm too blessed to be stressed. I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.